So again, big welcome to you if you're joining today. Today, I really want to talk about what it means to live unashamed for Christ, to live unashamed for Christ. And the other week I was on a Zoom call. Of course, I've had many Zoom calls over the past 12 months, but this one really stood out to me. And I was on a call with a ministry called Elam, and they're a ministry that support the emerging church in Iran. And on the call, there was a man called Pastor Farshid. And at one point in his ministry career, he'd been imprisoned for nearly five years. And leading up to that point, he'd established a church. He'd found his faith later on, started to uh, reach people for the gospel. And he grew this church from two families to about 500 members, all spread across this city. And their church became so evangelistic. They became so passionate about sharing their faith with whoever that would listen. And they began to hand out Bibles. They began to give away New Testaments. Uh, most of the church members would give away one New Testament a day. Okay, so 500 members, that's 500 Bibles being given out every day for a long period of time. And of course, in a country like Iran, where it is illegal to convert to Christianity, to preach uh, the Bible, to give Bibles out, of course, it wasn't going to be without consequence. And eventually he and others were arrested. And then he began a five year journey in prison. But God even used him in that time. And he began to even hand out Bibles uh, in the prison. Uh, he ended up being put in charge of uh, the libraries. So it's almost like some kind of Christian Iranian Shawshank Redemption story, however you want to put it, but an incredible journey. And he was asked in the interview that we were having with him, he's saying, how do you feel about God now? How do you feel about Jesus now? And his eyes just lit up and he said, I know his desire is for me and my desire is for him. And, you know, he said something that was really significant on that call. He said, when we found the Lord, when we knew that God was using us, when we knew that we were to share the message of his gospel with everyone who would listen, he said, it's like having gold bullions in your house. You've got too many and you just need to give them away to whoever wants to take them. And I thought that was an amazing way to put it. And I wonder if we value the word of God like this, if we value God's word, what he says, who he is above everything in this world, that even to suffer, even to have your income stripped away because you're a Christian, to have restrictions put on you because you're a Christian. I wonder how we'd cope. I wonder if we would count it joy or if it would cause us to be bitter towards God. You know, God wants us to live unashamed for him in the good times and the bad times. And so today I want to encourage you, not just for now, but to put a seed of faith in your heart for whatever might come in the future. I had a dream a few weeks ago of the bride of two brides, old and young, representing the bride of Christ, I believe, and all ages, getting ready for what's ahead in the future. I saw winds picking up and I saw the bride getting ready for something that's around the corner. And so this isn't to scare you. This isn't to worry you, but it's to prepare you. And no matter what we go through, God doesn't change. His word doesn't change. He's faithful through it all. And the gospel doesn't change. And the great commission of preaching his gospel 
doesn't change. And in fact, in times of hardship for the sake of the gospel, oftentimes that's when the church grows. The church in Iran went from hardly any people at all in the 1970s to over 300,000 now. But that's a very conservative estimate. Because of the rate of church growth, some believe it could be well over a million believers in Jesus in Iran. Isn't that amazing? And so as today, as we approach Easter, as we think about what it means to live unashamed for Christ, I want to unpack the word of God with you today. I want to read from Mark uh, chapter eight. So if you have your Bibles, then of course you can turn there. But if you just want to listen, that's completely fine as well. And I'm going to be reading from verse 27. So Mark chapter eight, verse 27, and I'm going to read from my favorite translation, the English Standard Version. And this is when Peter confesses Jesus as Christ, as Messiah. He realizes who he is. And then Jesus then starts to respond to the revelation that he has. So from verse 27, it says this. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told him. John the Baptist, and others say, Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, Peter answered. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man gain, give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the son of man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. So stop there. So that's Mark chapter eight. So let's see what's happened in this story as we unpack the word of God and how it relates to us. You see, there's a revelation that's come. There's a revelation that's come to Jesus. We know that uh, it comes to Peter. Sorry. We know that in Matthew chapter 16, the parallel uh, version of this st same story. We know that Peter re receives this revelation through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the Father opening his eyes. Okay, and he knows that Jesus is the Messiah. And this is the first time really it's been said plainly. And of course, Jesus affirms the revelation. Of course, he agrees with this conclusion, this spiritual conclusion that Peter and of course, the apostles, the close group of Jesus' followers have come to. But very quickly, he wants to qualify what type of Messiah he is. 
because they, of course, have an image in their mind of who he will be. But Jesus very quickly hits home and hits what he really is and who he's come to be in this time. And he speaks plainly. It says it speaks plainly, not metaphorically, not in parables, that he will die very soon. He'll be handed over by the religious rulers and be killed and then rise again. And of course, Peter says, no, this will never happen. And it says in Mark, it says that he rebuked Jesus. So he's essentially telling Jesus off, saying, no, 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 Jesus. And of course, in Matthew 16, we know more of the conversation where Peter says, you know, this will never happen to you. I will never allow this to happen to you. But Jesus is very stern in terms of his response. You see, there's a revelation that's come. But that revelation of Jesus, and it's the same with us as well, it comes with a call to follow him. It's a call to listen to everything that he says and to do everything that he asks us to do and to take him seriously. So, of course, when Peter says, no, 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 Jesus, no, 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 you won't die. Jesus, no, you're wrong. You know, that's a that's not a good place to be. You see, we can have a revelation from God. We can have a revelation and an understanding of who Jesus is. Many of you do. Many of you uh, are maybe exploring what faith means in God and you're starting to get a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. But what you have to understand about Jesus is that there are many sides to him, there's many dimensions to him. Uh, that we need to see. So sometimes we can understand certain things about him. There's other things that are hard, more harder to swallow, like it was with Peter. And so think about what he does in verse 33, what Jesus does. He turns to the disciples and says to Peter, okay, so really as I read this, how it seems to me and other commentators, that he has essentially turned away and Peter is now behind him. And then he says to Peter, who's behind him, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. You see, we can have in mind the things of God and the things of man together, mingled together. And Jesus says, no, you need the full revelation of who I am. And if you think about what it says in James chapter 3, it talks about how there's a carnal wisdom. There's a, a wisdom that comes from our sinful humanity that we try to apply to the word of God, okay? That we try to figure out what God is all about with our carnal nature, okay? And it says that uh, the, this kind of wisdom, okay, is carnal, is unspiritual and demonic. So it's actually influenced by not just our sinful nature, but by the demonic realm as well. So when he says to, to Peter, get behind me, Satan, he's saying, look, right now you're speaking the words of Satan to me. We know that in, Ma in Matthew 16, that Jesus says, you know, you're an obstacle to me. You know, Jesus is saying this, I'm going to the cross. Okay. You think I'm this kind of Messiah. You need to understand that I am the suffering servant. And if you want to call me Lord, if you want to follow me, if you want to go the direction I'm going, you need to get behind me and not in front of me. And you need to pick up your cross and follow me as well. And then he goes on to say how if you try and save your life, you will lose it. And of course, we know with Peter, he has this tendency for self-preservation. And we all do in our human nature. We want to, you know, we, if you hear a message about suffering for the name of Jesus or 
you know, our flesh doesn't like it, right? Naturally, because you know, who wants to who wants to suffer, right? Who wants to think about their their Lord as well, suffering? Think, no, no, no. But Jesus says, I must. I must. This is my destiny. Nothing or no one is going to stop me. Not even you, Peter. I'm going, and this will happen. I'm telling you plainly, this will happen soon. And you need to pick up your cross and follow me. If anyone would come after me, let them pick up their cross as well and follow me. If you try and save your life, you'll lose it. You know, Peter, later on, he tries to chop the soldier, doesn't he, when Jesus is being arrested. And then he denies Jesus three times as well. So there's the big grandiose promises of Jesus, I'll never deny you, I'll never turn my back on you. And Jesus says, you must pick up your cross daily and follow me. In every moment, even the small moments, some people, if you, if I was to ask someone here, would you die for Jesus? Would you give your life for Jesus? Many of you would say, well, yes. But often that's not the hardest thing, believe it or not. The hardest thing is often the little compromises on the day to day. And so to be bold, to be unashamed for Christ is to live day to day, looking towards the cross, looking towards the Lord, looking towards the one who brings us revelation and understanding and saying, he's the one I follow. Jesus elsewhere would say, a servant is not greater than his master. If they hated me, if they persecuted me, they will hate you as well. Paul said to Timothy, if anyone would want to live a godly life, let them know that they will suffer for it. There's so many scriptures that talk about this. But later on, of course, Peter would say that we must be able to give a reason for the hope that we have. You know, Jesus was essentially betrayed by Peter. You think about what Jesus did when he turns his back on Peter. And it's like Jesus is saying, this is what you will do to me. If you're ashamed of me and my words and my gospel, I will be ashamed of you on the coming day. You know, we must never be ashamed of who our God is. There's a pressure that comes from the world to deny him, to say, I never, I don't know who Jesus is, right? Think about on Monday morning, what did you do yesterday? I was at church. Oh, you don't believe all that Jesus rubbish, do you? What are you going to say? You know, what are you going to say when real persecution comes? You know, a lot of people have essentially thought about this time of COVID-19, a lockdown as a mass persecution of Christians. Now, don't get me wrong. It has actually fueled greater levels of persecution in China, for for instance. Persecution has, has, has really come back uh, in, a, in a whole new dimension for the, the Chinese church there. But this is affecting everyone. Now, think about when real persecution comes. Think about when it really is illegal even to do church online. Imagine if that happens. What are you going to do? What are we going to do? It's really important that we are prepared to go through whatever is coming ahead and not to deny him, not to say, all right, and bend the knee. We need to follow him. I know this is a heavy message today, but this is what Jesus expects of us. And this is the message that God has put on my heart and God has warned me. And, and, and I believe wants to warn you that at heart, you know, great times are coming. You know, I'm talking about suffering. I'm talking about this. You think, oh, no, it's just about suffering. It's not just about suffering. It's about what you suffer for. It's about who you suffer for and stand for and take the pressure for. 
okay because he lives within you he lives within you and the world will wants to su suppress the knowledge of god the revelation of god that's within you okay and that's why there's persecution in the world that's why rulers try and shut down the church in their nations because it has so much influence and it changes society and it changes people and they become free it really liberates people and so hmm, yeah i just know that there's there's times coming where it's going to get harder than it even is right now but it's for the glory of the gospel it's for the sake of the gospel that's why we suffer we suffer for him we speak we do all we do we take the heat we take the flack we take the criticisms and the accusations and everything that comes with being a christian that comes with picking up your cross and follow him we do it for him we do it for the glory it's not just about the suffering it's about the rising at the end of it it's not just about what we go through is about seeing the message of the gospel go to people that would otherwise go to hell because we never told them. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about eternity. You try and save your life, you'd lose it. You try and preserve your life. Okay, but what about those who never hear? Are you just going to shut down because it's just hard, it's too hard? People need to know and people aren't finding out that you know the, the church worldwide is growing like never before sometimes we don't think that our own newspapers always show pictures of you know a little anglican church with two people in it and we think well you know the christianity is dying out and that's that's genuinely what a lot of people think in this country but around the world the, the countries where they are facing persecution you know the church gets stronger the church prays more the church gets more serious about the message about the lord and people see that people are willing to to suffer for the message and they go there's something real about you there's something attractive about you and that's why in countries like iran the church can grow from less than 100 people to well over a million in less than 50 years that's unprecedented I hate using that word because you use it too much, but it is. And that's hap that happened in the book of Acts. It happened right throughout the New Testament. Even when Peter, the same Peter who denies Jesus, says later on, he says, you must be willing to set Christ as Lord, as holy in your heart, and to be willing to give an answer to all who ask you, to give a reason to the hope that you have. And that is in the context of persecution. So, I want to I want to encourage you that though I've talked about something heavy, though I've talked about something that's not really the most popular subject in terms of church messages, I want to encourage you because we're going to see revival in the coming years. Right, amen, if you believe that. We're going to see revival. The pressure's coming on, but it's going to, it's forcing us. Right now, you're wondering what's going on. All of this time, it's forcing us to, to really think about eternal matters people have been faced with their own mortality and right now god is shaken up shaken up and people are angry out there people are angry that they've been locked you know in lockdown and there's been this week there's been riots and you know people are angry people are confused people don't know what the answer is people think that violence is the answer and of course we know it isn't we fight with the weapons of our warfare we fight 
with truth. We fight with prayer. We fight with leaning on the Lord and trusting in him and staying true to his word and keep preaching his message no matter what. And so as I round off this message, I really want us to just think that Jesus has given us revelation, but the revelation comes with a call to follow him. But the call also has a warning. If you try, gain the whole world. If you try and hold on to the world, you lose everything. If you have not taken hold of Christ and really let go of the world, you are in a dangerous place spiritually, not just in this life, but the life to come. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, it says that the world and its desires pass away, but he who does the will of God lives forever. And we want people to know the message of everlasting life. We need to stand like Paul says in Romans 1 and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God to all who believe. It's the power, it's the glory, it's the message, it's the redemption. We stand on this. And, and today we've had a whole month of talking about mission launch. And many of you are thinking, I'd love to share the gospel. I want to go out. I want to talk to people, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid and, I'm, and I'm, I just don't know what it's going to look like. I think it's going to be harder than I think it is. And, and you might be right, but no matter what, he's with you. And even if you get to a place, if we get to a place when it gets harder than we've ever known it, then remember what I said to you today, that he's going to be with you. He's going to strengthen you. And we want to be standing unashamed. We don't want to be standing with the world and ashamed of Christ. Right. We want to be standing with Christ and just let the world be ashamed of us because it doesn't understand us. It doesn't understand that we're from a different world, that we represent a different kingdom, we represent a different message, a different story the one that leads to life and not to death. And so I want to just pray for us today. I want to pray that God is going to put new strength, uh, new boldness in your hearts. And as I'm, I didn't prepare this, but I believe that the Holy Spirit is just reminding me of Acts chapter three. And it's the prayer that the early church prays after pers- after the first kind of round of persecution and uh, shortly after Pentecost, of course. So if you just want to turn to Acts 3, I want to pray this prayer with you. I believe the Lord wants us to. Sorry, it's actually Acts chapter 4. And from verse 29, where it says, And now, Lord, Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And that's what we need. We don't have confidence in ourselves. We don't have confidence just because of the flesh. We have confidence because the Lord is with us and he's with you. 
and he will, and he's gonna he wants you to go forward he wants you to step out he wants you to tell people and to learn how to tell people and he wants you to know that if you pick up your cross and follow me you're going to find life you try and save your life you lose it whoever loses his life for my sake will find it you're going to find a new way of life and you're going to find the path to eternal life when you pick up your cross and identify yourself fully with the person of jesus let me just pray father thank you for this message today i know that many people will feel that this was a heavy message lord but i believe that you're warning us and i want to ask lord that as the apostles prayed in acts chapter 4 lord that we would have boldness to continue to speak and that signs and wonders will follow the preaching of the word and right now i just want to pray lord that those who are watching, those who need a sign and a wonder, the, someone who doesn't know the Lord who's watching right now, who doesn't know you, God, I pray that you would show themselves to you, that you would show yourself to them, I pray. I pray, Lord, for anyone who needs to be healed right now, I just pray, Lord, I just speak, and I, and I believe that you will perform mighty miracles right now in people's bodies and minds. throughout their whole bodies and their minds. May great signs and wonders follow the preaching of the gospel. I also want to pray, let's continue to pray. I also want to pray for the persecuted church. And we talked about Iran, but North Korea has been on the Open Doors watch list for the last 20 years at number one place. They live in squalor they live like the world's forgotten and what we want to say we've not forgotten you north korea we've not forgotten the north korean church who is so bold for the faith we want to pray let's just pray right now father pray we pray right now for everyone who is suffering who is in prison for you grant them boldness as well grant them opportunities to preach the gospel for those who can't get food in India because they're Christians and they're not Hindus. Help them, Lord. Supply their needs. For those who are in this country, for pastors that are being imprisoned, for churches that are worried about what's ahead, grant us boldness, Lord. We pick up our cross, Lord. We follow you wherever you go as we approach Easter. We want to follow you. We want to follow your example, suffering servant. And we thank you that resurrection life is on the other side of it all. That, that new life is coming to people who need to hear the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you're still with me because one of my computers has just shut off. But if you are watching today and you're thinking, you know, I've never made a decision to follow Jesus or, you know, I'd be too afraid to. And you might be watching even in a different country because we know that that's been happening. I shared last year that there was uh, a Muslim cleric who was watching a service in Cambridge uh, and he was actually watching from Pakistan this service in Cambridge and he let that church know that he's now, after hearing the word of God, he has committed his life to follow the Lord Jesus. And I believe that's going to be happening more and more. And so if you are 
watching today and you think I'm not sure I've I I need to I need God in my life I need to say yes to him then talk to us then you can pray right now in your own home in your own words and say God I open the door to you I open my heart to you be fill me with yourself that I may my live for you and God's going to take that prayer seriously. So let us know if you prayed that prayer. And so I thank you for listening today.